the galaxy you are. Do or do not subscribe. Well, do. <laughs>
T-Bob. How you doing, my friend? Uh, Joe, thank you so much, man. Um, you know I love coming on here and nerding out with y'all. There's nothing more fun. Uh, I also am a big fan of the special guests, so there's like a very awesome synergy here. And uh, yeah, bro, I'm just super hyped to talk a lot of things, but Obi-Wan Kenobi, let's ride. Also, eventually our special guest has to show us that helmet behind him. So oh, yeah. T-Bob, yeah. you have a stuffed animal in your hand. Is this a comfort item? I have two daughters all over the house, and it's just like, <laughs> I just reach out a hand. And yeah, so like, whatever, yeah. Oh, whatever right. yeah. 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 Okay. I don't know. It's an elephant. And then I'm like, huh. should I be on camera with an elephant? It's like Alabama. I don't know. Someone's going to get a screen grab of that and put it on Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> and the regional radio show is done forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> LSU be damned. There's an elephant on screen. Um, I don't know. Maybe T-Bob's got big news. He's moving to another region. We'll see, but I doubt. <laughs> um, especially since your grandfather used to show you, take you to the games at LSU. I don't think oh, you're yeah, going to break break away from that. So, um, as everybody else has mentioned, and I'm sorry, it's been so. You know, we just we're just having fun. So if you're listening and you hear all the laughing, it's because this is who we are and this is what we do here. But uh, everybody else has mentioned that that special guest, and and I'm glad to have him on. I mean. We started interacting on Twitter, and and uh, he's just been great to interact there. And uh, so when, when I said, hey, you want to hop on? And he said, yes, we, we couldn't pass this up. And we felt like, why not just double book and have two great ESPN guys on at the same time? We've got Mr. Ryan McGee. Ryan, welcome to the show. First time on it. And, and uh, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little about your Star Wars passion and everything like that. But welcome again to Rule the Galaxy. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, yeah. What happened was on Twitter, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, you threw out there just like a poll question, like who should our next guest be? Mm-hmm. And my response was like, you know, me. And I think <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I, I threw, I threw some, I threw a Palpatine, you know, do it uh, <laughs> gif in there, like you know, come on. But no, I yeah, I'm I'm a senior writer at ESPN, um, and uh, and I'm proud to say that I'm the guy that. Anytime I, I, you know, I co-host a show called Marty McGee with Marty Smith, who doesn't know anything about any of this. Wow. And, uh, and I mean, a little bit, but, but the, uh, but then I, um, I also on SEC nation on Saturday mornings and have been forever. And I have shamelessly worked so many star Wars references into my <laughs> essays or into whatever I do on the show that they actually, there's, so there's this animated version of me that they'll drop into these essays that I write for SEC nation. And a couple of years ago, they finally just gave up and they just created a, a cartoon me with the lightsaber. Yeah, and, awesome. uh, and you know, what color do you want? I'm like green. And, and so it was a, and, and we did a Halloween show a couple of years ago. And, and one of our amazing makeup artists gave me the full Palpatine. I get up. Marty was Willie Nelson and I was Palpatine <laughs> and uh, which was an interesting, an interesting crossover, but yeah, Very. Uh, but, but it, it was, but I mean, I listen, I, I'm, I'm in that age group, right? I mean, I'm uh, I'm a kid of the '70s, born in the '70s, and so uh, uh, Episode One wasn't the first movie that I saw in a theater, but it was probably in the first five um, before it was Episode One, and yeah. uh, I saw it probably. I remember I remember begging my cousin to take me again after my parents had taken me, and then um, you know, and for you kids out there, I tell my daughter this, who's 17. I tell her all the time. She has no idea how good she has. It. Because back in the day, as you guys know, whatever was in the theater every three years, that's what we got. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's it. And, and so um, comic books and 
that's it. And, and so, uh, so yeah, it was, I was, I scarfed up everything I could back in the day. And, and I'm in that generation where we grew up with it. Right. Um, I always tell the story about when force awakens came out and uh, my wife and daughter were like, listen, we've got this, 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 and this, we can probably see it on Monday. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm like, that's great. So I take my daughter to school. She was in elementary school at the time. I take my daughter to school. I drove straight to the theater and I'll, and I always laugh about like the 7:45 AM showing on that Friday. And literally everyone in the theater was between the ages of 43 and 65 yep. and, and Han dies and we're all crying and holding <laughs> each other, you know? And as soon as the, as soon as the movie's over with, everybody's got, everybody's got on suits except for me. Cause I, I write from the house, but everybody's got on suits. And this one guy up front stood up. He goes, we're all in agreement that none of us were here. I'm like, yes, you got <laughs> we're, we're all in the exact same situation. So yeah. So, so I'm awesome. a, I'm of that generation that's sure. been fortunate enough to start with it. And now, you know, now we're just, uh, you know, it's a deluge of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm here for every single bit of it. Well, that is absolutely awesome. And, and, you know, uh, a lot of people will say that star Wars and sports and jocks and nerds and all that can't get along. Well, I beg to differ because, you know, oh. I, I played a lot of sports growing up and I'm a star Wars fanatic and my son, Joey is in that, that industry and played all the sports and he's a fanatic. And I see you guys and, you know, here's here's T Bob, who was a offensive lineman for LSU, for goodness sake, and and he's into it. I, I'm of the opinion that, you know what, you can mix all that together, and you guys are living proof of that right there. So, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's just not what it used to be. I mean, you know, no. being a nerd is cool, and you know, and, yeah. and it's it's start between Star Wars and Marvel, and I'm not a Harry Potter, I'm not a wizard guy, so I'm not a Harry Potter guy, but. You throw that in there too, and it's sure. just you know. So Mike Golick Jr., you know that I work with ESPN and have forever. Mike played on a national championship. You know, Notre Dame played in the national title game, and you know we all know about his family background. There's there's no bigger nerd than that guy, and so yeah, yeah, some of the toughest dudes I know, some of the best Star Wars conversations I've had are with NFL defensive linemen mm-hmm. and you know and NBA power forwards, and and it's just you know it's. It makes me feel better because it's, I know somebody would have my back if they tried to beat up the nerd <laughs> by the bike rack again, right? So, gotta, okay, I, so, so that's so Ryan, did you really experience through that? Because that's what's always been fascinating to me is like I've always wondered how much of my nerddom was allowed to flourish because I was just always bigger than everybody. So yeah. like nobody was ever gonna mess with me. So I had like an inherent kind of like built in like I never got bullied over it so I was just able to like fully invest in it and and also I think I'm I was born in 89 so I think like things were already be- maybe becoming more nerdy when I was a kid but it was it yeah. was it really like was the block kind of hot for the kids back in 79 wanting to go see New Hope like 10 times in theaters no it, it wasn't that's why that's part of why I think Star Wars was different you know if you were a Star Trek kid Mm. And all you did was talk about tribbles or whatever the hell. And yeah, you probably, you probably, or, or you know, if you were, if you were a hardcore Dungeons and Dragons guy, you know, you probably fell into that category. But Star Wars was this transcendent thing. So yep. if you liked Star Wars, it was cool. What was different was, was like, like I was, I was as, I went as deep as I could back in the day, which, which that just meant reading books. You know, that's really yep. all we had. And so, you know, I was a big X Wing like Rogue Squadron, you know, novel guy. I kind of kept that to myself, you know, and like I knew about Mustafar when I was nine, 
Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, you know, it just was the <laughs> volcano planet because I read it and, you know, wow. the I still have a first run copy here in my office that I bought when I was a kid of, of like the, the original novel version of Star Wars, a little paperback book, you know, with George Lucas giving credit as the writer. And that's where I learned about the Coruscant and, you know, and the volcano planet and all these things. And there were times when I would check it to you, Bob, like you, like you start, it's like talking about football. My brother and I talk about this all the time. You get on a plane and a guy next to you says, oh, I'm a huge college football fan. And then yeah. when you really start talking with them, you realize you're operating on a different level than they are. Like they, they like going to games, but they have mm-hmm. no idea what an RPO is. And so you can't, <laughs> you can't talk about it. And so with Star, with Star Wars, it's always like, you kind of, you kind of auto. That's why T-Ball, the first time I did one of your shows and you asked a question, I'm like, Oh, okay. I got some guys in Omaha that I do shows with all the time. And we do, we do, all right, spoiler warnings. Now we're going to talk about the movie we just saw yesterday. Yeah, and there's a yeah, whole other, le- and it's, it's, Right. It's liberating, right, to be able to talk about it because you have to kind of check it. You know, I can't sit on a bus with, you know, a bunch of country music guys that Marty's introduced me to and go, hey, Luke Combs, you know, you know where are you on Ray? You know, that's not you – know, that's, not, that's not – but then it's awesome when they find out that they dig it, you know. Yeah. Luke, is Ray and Mary Sue? Or is that- yeah, 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 right, right, right. Who do you think Ray's parentage is? Okay, you know, it, but it, yeah, it's just, it's, it, but there, yeah, but there's certain people when you get it, just like sports, there's certain people when you get in the room, you know, you can go to a certain level. I mean, that's why I'm here. Like, yeah. right. That's why we're all yeah, here. Like, exactly. like this, yeah. is, this is what we, this is what we do. Well, I, I would agree with you. And before I open up to the room, because I'm sure they've got questions for both of you, because they've been doing research on you guys and want to talk a little sports or Star Wars with you. But I would agree because like Steve Lawson and Scott Rifen recently on the show said, you know, for the guys who were lucky enough or the ladies, guys or ladies who were, who were lucky enough to grow up in the 70s, you weren't considered a nerd. You were cool if you were at the yeah. playground with your action figures with you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then we went into that dark time. After Jedi, until Thrawn came out, it was really dark. And then when Thrawn and that trilogy came out in 91, 92, 93, the ones who couldn't get rid of that nerddom in their life got back on board. But the rest kind of said, that's in the past. So you had those people who started going that direction with, like you said, Ryan, the books and the, the novels. And they kept that, that nerdiness going while the other ones were just like, I'll see the next movie that comes out, right? I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then then you add in like the whole lifestyle of Big Bang Theory that changed the world again to where it was like, wait a minute, we can be that nerd level and still be pretty popular and cool and wear the Flash Gordon shirts or the Flash shirts or whatever and all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. So, yeah. um, but that's my two cents on it. And what do we get? Oh, Green Lantern. Love it. There, there you go. There don't you talk go. To, Big Bang. Yeah. Don't yeah. talk to Ryan Reynolds about that, by the way um that Brent. joke in deadpool is one of the hardest i've ever laughed oh i love deadpool, deadpool when he oh, shoots yeah. himself reading the green lantern script i mean that's fucking that's genius yeah, yeah. <laughs> go right ahead i was just gonna say i think stranger things brought dungeons and dragons back as well so five mm-hmm. or six years ago and i found a new level to my nerddom to now where i'm actually watching youtube streams of people playing dungeons and dragons yep. so um it's actually i quite impressed with it um to go to another question and just to get a question into Mr. McGee, I didn't realize that you were um, an author and you authored a couple books, one of which was about your father, who is a um, 
the sidelines and working the rep from the rest perspective, but it's also growing up on the sidelines and in the college football. So you've been indoctrinated into football. Um, yep. So a couple things about that one, he did a lot of Notre Dame games. So that had to be awesome to be on the sidelines or if you were on the sidelines. So I kind of want to hear about that, but in the excerpt of the book, there was a statement that you were on the sideline, I believe of the Rose Bowl or somewhere and had a conversation with the maker? No, I didn't. And I'm still oh. pissed about it. No, no, no. So, oh, all right, okay. so, so, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, so it I, said that. We're going This is my favorite story in the book. So I'm holding, I'm shamelessly okay. holding the book up now to show to you guys, the sidelines and bloodlines. It came out a year ago. And no, the story was, was that I never missed any of dad's. So my dad worked, my dad was a college football referee uh, official. He was a side judge, field judge downfield. And I, he, um, I didn't, he, he worked two dozen bowl games. And most of them were high level bowl games, like Orange Bowl, wow. Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, you know, national championship. His last game was a national championship in 09. And um, yeah, and, and so, so yeah. So the reason I'm in, the reason I do what I do for a living was I had my first sideline credentials when I was 12. And I remember it was, a, it was North Carolina at Virginia. It was a huge top 10 game. And I remember looking around thinking everyone on this sideline is getting paid to be here. So the photographers, reporters, you know, mm -hmm. people working for the football team, I'm like, so how do I get on that? Cause I don't want to be a referee because I saw, how, I didn't, I, I learned how to cuss through Eddie Murphy stand up and people yelling at my dad on Saturdays. Right. <laughs> but the point, all right. So the story goes is that my dad worked two Rose bowls. He worked a couple army Navy games. He worked on orange bowl. He worked like multiple national championships, couple fiesta bowls. I never missed a ball game. And so, uh, he worked, uh, in 2007, his second Rose bowl. I think I have a football up here somewhere in my office, but the grand marshal of the Rose bowl was the maker. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, was the one damn bowl game of dads that I didn't go to. Um, oh. And it was because of work. Like, I, I work sent me somewhere else. So, in the in the book, there's a picture that I'll show you guys. That's the officiating crew. Oh, man. Of the Rose Bowl, and that's Lucas oh. right there. Oh, my God. And so, <laughs> so, oh so, so, all right. So, 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 the, so, the Rose, so your the Rose, dad got to meet him, but you didn't. Yeah, oh. so the, the Rose Bowl I go to with dad mm. – <laughs> the grand marshal was Carl Lewis. That's great. Love Carl yeah. Lewis. I, I was a runner the whole thing. He ain't George Lucas. And so, <laughs> but, the, so, so but, but the best part of the story is, is that my, my father was a, as, as a field judge, his job was to go get captains from one of the two teams. Mm -hmm. So he walks out to the field, you know, he, he goes early. So he goes against the captains for the coin toss. So my dad goes, gets like two captains from uh, Michigan or, or USC, whichever team it was. The other official goes the other. So now it's, it's the seven officials of the game. It's the two captains. And they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Grand Marshal George Lucas. And George Lucas walks out, and he's got Vader with him and Chewbacca and a couple stormtroopers. And they all go stand at the 50-yard line. Well, now there's this – now, but but the timing was off. Like, like there was nothing. So now they're the only people standing on the 50-yard line of the Rose Bowl. 100,000 people there. And no one knows what to say. And so Dad, who – Dad never met a stranger. Dad looks at mm -hmm. George Lucas and he goes, "It's so great to meet you." And George Lucas goes, and "He." Dad said he could not have been more thrilled. He grew up in that area to be the you know, the Rose Parade and the whole thing. And so Dad says to Lucas, he goes, um, "I can't even tell you how much money my sons have spent uh, 
on on you over the years. And and dad said that you know George is like, well, thank you. That's great. I appreciate it. And so, pretty good. Yeah. And so dad, so dad, so so hell, I'm I'm sitting, I'm 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 wherever I am watching the game on television. And it's the pregame, and there they all are. And oh. I'm just losing my mind. And of course, <laughs> my best friend from high school calls. And he goes, now he, he goes, now we know the truth. He said, what? He said, he said, there stands the, the referees with Vader. I said, yeah. Okay. yeah. So dad met George Lucas and I did not, and I'm still bitter. I, I tell you another point story. I wrote another book with Dale Jr., Dale Hart Jr., uh, several years ago about the end of his career. And Dale Jr. just the other day told me a story I didn't know. He he watched, uh, he was at a race at Sonoma, California, and they said, hey, uh, the um, Talladega Nights, the audio is being mixed at Skywalker Ranch, which is near Sonoma, California. Hey, would you like to go get a sneak preview of the movie? And Dale Jr. is like, sure. And he didn't know, really know what Skywalker Ranch was. So they drive him out to the ranch and he gets in the theater. And Dale Jr. said it was him and like a couple of other people, like maybe three people in the theater. And Lucas came in and sat down next to him. And so Dale Jr. saw Talladega Nights like six months before anyone else, and he watched it with George Lucas. I go, well, and Lucas is a big auto racing guy. Yeah. So he, he asked me, he said, well, oh, well, yeah. uh, well, well, I'm like, well, did he like the movie? He goes, oh, he laughed his ass off the whole time. So, so yeah. So I know I know people who have talked to George Lucas, and I haven't talked to him yet. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying awesome. not to be better, awesome. but I'm, I'll do it someday. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, all, it's on all of our bucket lists, right? I mean yeah. – my dad could care less. George Lucas could walk in the room. My dad would be like, who's this guy? But, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, there, there's a few people you want to meet. He's definitely one of them. So I, I'm bummed he missed out on it, but you do have some good stories from it. So that's yeah. like, again, I mean, that's like akin to like almost literally meeting, like, I'm sure how people felt about like a religious prophet back in the day. <laughs> like I would like, that would be completely yeah. overwhelming to meet George Lucas to me. No, my dad handled it way better. And, and my dad was never in the Star Wars. My dad traveled mm -hmm. a lot when I was a kid, and he appreciated our appreciation for it. But he was never – he never was into it, you know, like, like you know, you know, like you and, and Joey always been. It, it's not – it wasn't like that for us, but he appreciated right. – he, he, he would never not buy whatever we wanted. But he was not one to, like, put us in the car and drive us to the theater. Right. Um, but, but he certainly would, you know – he certainly appreciated our appreciation for, it. but yeah, no dad handled it way, but dad handled talking to Lucas. <laughs> if I talked to him, I would have probably peed my pants and passed out. Dad yeah. completely yeah. handled it fine. So 100% done the, done the Chris Farley. Uh, do you remember when you made that movie? Uh, that, was, <laughs> yeah. that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. You remember when there was the light, the, there were the laser swords? The that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cool. Oh gosh. D doc, Nick, you guys have anything you want to hit either of these fine gentlemen with before we get going talking more craziness in star wars i i mean i know brent brought a a great one from the depths right there that was great info for us there brent go ahead nick yeah i, I thought it was interesting ryan a second ago you were talking about you know how do you talk to star wars people and you're almost judging like how deep can i go and how really the question of like are you ready to go as deep as i'm ready to go because I, I don't know if you are and when you said you know i would I wouldn't tell people about reading the books. Did you notice we all sat around here and nodded like we were in some oh, no. AA group or something like that? Yeah, and you don't even understand. Right. You don't even understand the relief <sighs> I felt. I mean, it's oh, just, right. yeah. I mean, you do understand, and, and that's yeah. a, But but I'll say this too, and I I've tried to 
I, and I, and I'm, I'll, you know, I love Marvel too. I've got, you know, I've been Captain Mar America guy, but I always tell everybody there's, there's a, such a whole other level past what I know. Like, you know, I, like I went to Dragon Con for the first time mm -hmm. back in, uh, back Labor Day weekend. We were in town for Alabama, Miami for Marty McGee. And, and I, 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 I talked the bosses into letting me go over to Dragon Con. And there was a guy who was dressed like, uh, he was Kylo Ren. He called himself Ben Swolo because he had, he had this silicon like ripped, like he originally said he bought it for Thor. And then he's like, no, no, I'm going to do this. So he's walking around. I, it, it looked so real. I thought it was real. And I started talking to that guy and he was the coolest, but within 45 Damn, seconds, oh. he started having this Kylo Ren conversation that I was struggling to keep up. And yep. so, so, and I, and I love that so much, but, but yeah, no, there's, I, so, so I'm, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, there's the folks that just watch the, the nine films and they're good. And then there's the folks that, that, you know, mm -hmm. live it you know, 36 hours a day. And I feel like I'm, I'm closer to them than I am to the people that just go to the movies. But I, there's a whole other level that I don't even, I don't even understand. Well, so that was my question. Cause I, I think like I, I'm probably preferential to the books. I love the books. Joe loves the books. I'm curious for you and T-Bob too, because I, I don't know how deep you get into the books, but do you have a favorite that you go to or that you would say, Hey, you know, these sustain me during the dark times. Like I love, like what for you, you got a book or book series that you go, man, this is, this is where I'm at. I mean, I, 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 I like I say, I was a big, I was a big X-Wing rogue squadron guy. Um, you know, I was always, I was always fascinated <laughs> You know, by it, it was it was I was always fascinated by like corn, and mm -hmm. and I was always and, and and again I learned so much that when the when you know because that that would have been like mid nineties, and so that to me that was the dark times, and okay. then and then when the prequels came out, all of a sudden you're starting to see the things that were written about in these books, mm -hmm. and it's not canon, but it's but but at least the the planets were mm -hmm. there and the characters were there and and for me. I used to, back then I was on the road a lot and in the car a lot. And back then, you know, I read the books, but then what was almost more impactful for me was the book on tape version mm -hmm. because, you know, I discovered pieces of John Williams score from the first three movies that I maybe didn't hear, you know, and, and, uh, but cause they use all the music, they use all the sound effects. It was like, it's like a radio old school radio serial. Right. And so mm -hmm. to me, that was, that was, it got me kind of prepped, right? It got me kind of prepared for, you know, right about the time I was listening to those and reading those is when the special editions came out and, and then the, here, here came the prequels. And so the momentum kind of picked back up after that. It's, it's very interesting with you being Ryan, our good friend, Ryan Massingale, who's usually on the show, his, his favorite character outside of the main group is Corn Horn. He, he loves Corn, and he loves the storyline. He loves the book. I Jedi that came out during that time frame. Uh, so it's really kind of cool that you also had a, <clears throat> a good connection with that on, on him. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a, that was a good time. It really laid the groundwork for a lot of the things that were coming. We were getting all those books and then just like now they were piecemealing, grabbing little bits and saying, well, let's, let's put these into the prequels and go from there. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I like that character well, as well. I don't think there was ever an action figure made of Corrin Horn. So I don't know about action figure, but I spent my early 20s deep in the X-Wing miniatures game. 
um, which is just a great tabletop game, which is all dogfight, right? So you buy all the different ships, you can equip different pilots, different ships, whatever. But uh, but that was that because I never really read the novels because I grew up, you know, I mean, 96, I'm like seven yeah. years old. So the re-releases right. are what I saw. Yeah. And then the prequels come out and we're just kind of rolling. And I've read some of the new novels. I got to be honest, well, I enjoyed the first two throngs of the new ones. Nothing has really like super hooked me, but that X-Wing Miniatures game hooked me for years and years and years. And I actually learned a bunch of EU characters like Prince Z's, where like all these other guys that oh, yeah. I had never heard of from flying these lists and now it's crazy that's cool because i feel like i know like what it's like to actually fly with these guys the corn horn i think it was like an e39 or i can't remember exactly i can't remember his ship but um he was like a pilot skill nine like he was a beast like he yeah. was the one of the highest pilot skill in the game yeah. tied for the highest well and oh. and ryan i'll cut him real quick i apologize but you also mentioned like books on tape next week we have uh, mark thompson who is yeah. the narrator for almost all the current Ooh. Star Wars books. And that's what we've all kind of switched to the, the audio versions because yeah. he does such a great job in mixing yeah. that music in. Mark is fabulous and does a great job. So yeah, if you're still checking those out, you know, check out Mark because he, he's great at what he does. But go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Oh, no, you didn't interrupt me at all. No, that, it, part of why I'll always love Poe Dameron so much is because it always kind of he always kind of had to me like an x-wing squad rogue mm -hmm. squadron feel to him you know because it, it was kind of you know yeah that but that, that, that was at the end of the day the pilots were always my favorite um you know my my so my birthday was last week and um my wife was out of town of work for a week and i got a teenage daughter and once i finally get her to go to bed you know, I have a play. I have a PlayStation Four that I never turn on because I'm either on the road or somebody's in the house or whatever. And uh, if you needed me last week, uh, Captain Morgan and I were playing Squadrons <laughs> at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, I got the I got the VR wow. deal and the whole yes. thing. Oh, yeah. oh, so you I, have the actual VR set? Oh yeah, I, 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 oh, I, I did so much Ooh. VR. I did so much VR that it was like uh, it was like Ready Player One. Like the next day, I would have a hard time adjusting to like you know getting in the truck, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I know. I know. I did the VR one time with the uh, the Vader game. Yeah. Um, oh. Wow. I did it for like an hour straight, and I took those off. I was dizzy as all get. I could not get my balance straight again for like oh. twenty minutes. So yeah, I, if you were playing a lot of that, I'm sure it messed with you a lot. Well, the good the good thing about squadrons is you're sitting. You know. Okay. When you're doing when you're doing Vader, you're standing up and swinging, and yeah, mm -hmm. and it's I'm I'm tripping over the cable all the well, time. Well, and there's yeah. like there's like a weird thing in VR where your brain, like some, like if you're sitting, your brain can process that movement. Like it makes right. sense. I'm sitting down, but yeah. like if you've ever played a game or like you walk in VR and you carry kind yeah. of locomotes it, like, it's like, it's well, so I'll give you one. So at, at Disney world down in Florida, it was, it was right before the pandemic. This is what end of 19 and ran into Reese Davis, uh, the host of college game day. And Reese has been taking his family down to Disney for Christmas, like their like their whole lives. And his wow. his kid, both his kids now are in college. And um, but his son, who plays baseball at Duke now, uh, Reese and his son were like, "Dude, you have got to go over to Disney Springs because and I haven't done it yet." But they've got the full VR in the room, mm -hmm. you know, Star Wars deal. And Reese was like, Reese is like, you know. He, he Reese again. I'm very proud of this reputation, but Reese was like, "I can't believe you haven't done this Star Wars guy." 
Yeah, you, you gotta go do it. So yeah. So, so Rifen Rifen talked about that one time. I think I think it shut down because of COVID. But yeah. Scott Rifen was on was talking about it too. I've heard it's great. Yeah, I gotta. Do I, I gotta, it. I gotta, I gotta next time in Daytona. Next time in Daytona for the 500, I might have to go down to Disney and check that out. Research. I want to ask Ryan uh, a question because this is something I'm curious about. So obviously, um, you you're very tied into ESPN National Disney owns ESPN, Disney World. Like, have you gotten some, like, like what's the coolest perk that you've gotten Disney World-wise because of uh, your role at ESPN? So, my family, I, I'm really bad, T-Bob, about not calling in favors. Like, I don't, you know, I don't like going to the front of the line. I don't like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just want to do the thing and do do whatever. Um, but, uh I, we were supposed to go to Galaxy's Edge right when it opened, mm -hmm. um, and uh, we didn't get to do it because it's a family thing. And then we were going to – all right, well, it's okay. We're going to go back. And then COVID happened, and then we thought we were going to go back again, and we didn't get to go back again. So Galaxy's Edge has been open for like, you know, what, a year and a half, and I hadn't been. And people can't just can't believe it. And so we finally went back in August – and I called in every favor I had. I called everybody I knew. <laughs> I, called, I, called, I was like, "Listen, you remember that time I helped you out with so and so?" One of my one of one of my former big bosses at SEC Network. She she now is a is is she's one of the, my favorite people in the world. And I just called. I was like, "Hey, listen, I, I kind of tried to Jedi mind trick her a little bit. Hey, I'm going to be at Disney. If you need me, I'll be up at six forty five, getting in the queue, you know." And uh, and 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 so I called in every favor I had, and they basically. I mean, we wrote everything. Um, we wrote everything a couple times at Galaxy's Ooh, Edge, awesome. my first time there. And, I, and honestly, I, I, and we love Hollywood Studios. Always have. It's always been my daughter's favorite park. And there's a lot of new stuff there, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, but again, when I go back, I go to Daytona every February for the Daytona 500, have for almost 30 years. And next year, I'm going to build in a, a riding day. Yeah, I'll probably probably go back down there and eat. I, I don't even have to ride anything. I could just sit there. I honestly got I could just I could just sit there and just look around for eight hours and I'd be completely happy. You know what I'm feeling, Ryan, is is with your with your book writing. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a friend, Adam Bray, who who's written a number of books in the Marvel and, and Star Wars universe. I'm feeling maybe a, a, a book about uh, Star Wars fans. You writing, letting, hey, letting Bray go in some, you know. If you, hey, if you want, you, if you, if you would like to afford an introduction, I'm I'm all in. So just okay. tell me. Okay, tell me. we'll yeah. do that. Yeah. We'll yeah. do that. Um, I tell you what, we'll we'll hit on a few. I mean, we got plenty of things we can just talk about in general, but we'll hit on a few uh, news items that, you know, some older, some newer, but but we haven't really all gotten a chance to talk about them. Um, and we'll just go around the room. Um, let, let's talk about the uh, Book of Boba Fett trailer. I know I've talked to some of you about it, but it's been a while since I've had everybody here and we've gotten guests. The, the trailer for Book of Boba Fett um, coming out December 29th. I know everybody's stoked about that. And we can follow that up and even talk about the Under the Helmet uh, you know, documentary as well about Boba Fett. But uh, D-Doc, I'm going to start with you. Um, what were some of your thoughts? I mean, does it how much more amped up does it get you to see that that trailer than than more things with that Boba Fett, you know, under the helmet documentary we just got recently? I, I'd say the word for it right now for me is thirsty. I'm thirsty for some live <laughs> Star Wars content. And yeah, 
I'm I'm really jacked. Honestly, like I'm obviously excited for a Boba Fett show, but I think Ming Na Wen is like awesome, and her character as Fennec Shand is gonna be like I think this is gonna be like her coming out party is one of like the coolest Star Wars characters because she's badass. I'm just excited to see a more extended version of her. Like I know we've had our bits and pieces of her. She's she was you know sprinkled into Bad Batch, but uh, I think she's gonna be awesome in this show. I'm excited oh. for it. You, you brought up a good point because I fell head over heels for her because she's from the Pittsburgh area. She grew up around Dave Filoni and they talked about it. And, you know, which means she's probably a Steelers fan. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, but she's terrible. cool anyway. Um, <laughs> but yes, Ming-Na Wen, we cannot wait for that. You hit that right on the head there. Nick, how about you with Book of Boba Fett and the Under the Helmet, which, by the way, Dang it, I was a little let down that Mark Anthony Austin didn't get a little bit yeah. notice in that. But, I mean, he came out on Twitter and said, hey, let's not throw a riot. It's okay. I, I'm happy with what I've got going. Um, but, yeah, go ahead, Nick. Any thoughts on Book of Boba Fett and the Under the Helmet documentary? I'm glad you brought that up because I was ready to throw a riot when I watched it back. I was like, you <laughs> named every other freaking Boba Fett, but our boy, man, come on. And so I, I, I thought watching the trailer was awesome. Uh, I'm with I'm with D Doc and and really I feel like like after watching the second season of Mandalorian I have I just feel like I'm going through withdrawals and like knowing that mm -hmm. there's something and it's a different story than Mandalorian and like that's okay and I'm ready to see it especially like I I thought the tragedy from season two of the Mandalorian the Robert Rodriguez one that he directed was one of my favorite episodes of the whole thing just from the gritty Boba Fett fighting and yeah. like I seeing that little moment where Tamora Morrison like goes crazy again. Like I'm so excited for that. And then I thought the <laughs> under the helmet was so cool. Just showing that it really felt like an ode to star Wars fandom because it was really like, Hey, look, the fans got a hold of a character and look at the power and the sway of what fans have over star Wars. Right. And I thought that was pretty cool. I texted Alfie. I think it was in our group. And I just said, was this thing literally made, for you like this was like like an ode to yes to alfie all the way through no wait i'm making here what is the under the helmet documentary because i love behind the scenes i love documentaries like what are we talking is this out right now yeah you watch mm -hmm. right now yeah disney plus yeah. under the helmet yeah. so yeah. t-bob disney plus released a documentary that was essentially like how did the character of boba fett even like come to be and how did fans oh. latch on it's only like 24 minutes or something like that it's great but it was really really cool and uh, just kind of showing his evolution all the way through yeah if we see t-bob start gazing off into the distance he's well, watching no. under the <laughs> exactly. he's, right. he's already he's online yeah uh brent it, it, it just drops so you're good you're, yeah you're not out, you're not out of the yeah, way no. it's almost it out on day, so friday i think yeah so brent your thoughts on those things and i'm gonna tell you t-bob don't don't be so upset because i actually haven't found a time to work in the boba fett uh under the helmet i know it's out there uh i just haven't been able to review it um you hear me say this all the time when I'm on here. I, I'm excited to see the Boba Fett. Uh, it's not about the lowering the expectations, but that is true. Um, but I want to see, I'm curious to see if there is somebody new that catches our attention because of what D-Doc said about Finnick Shand. Finnick Shand was kind of a, th was a throw-in character in season mm -hmm. one. They killed her off. They brought her back in season to she was then in the bad batch for like was pretty integral to the plot line for two or three episodes in the bad batch so they brought her yeah. into that 
and now they have her in the book of Boba Fett. So I, so Shand has made an impact on the storyline and the the myth the mythology of Star Wars. Is there going to be somebody else that comes out of this that I'm, is a rival to Boba that will have that same impact <laughs> as Finnick? And that's what because you hear me say it all the time. I love my Star Wars. But I also want to see the new stuff to get us into the next millennium and to get us forward. Who's going to be that new person that pulls us forward? Before I get to T-Bob and Ryan, could Jennifer Beals be the new person that they're bringing in? I mean, we got a Twi'lek. She's a maniac. Pretty. (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to it. You beat me to it. Well, we'll, I'll we'll like, you, I'll like, I'll like, we'll I'll like, 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 I'll like the Obi-Wan thing, there was a lot of, we'll talk about that in a minute. There was a lot of concept art, you know, a little bit of interviews, and that was kind of it. With this, we had footage, right? And we mm-hmm. had, this was like a trailer. And so I think that's part of what I was excited about. And it's, he's always been interesting because, again, I was of that age, and the first time we saw him was in the middle of what, the, the Christmas deal, the Christmas yes. special. And, 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 and it kind of caught everybody off guard. Like, now what was that? You know, now we're back to Wookiee singing. And, the, uh, and so it was, <laughs> you know, for my age, you know, it was the, it was the character, it was the, it was the the action figure you couldn't get, and yeah. and then you got it, and then they discontinued it because kids were choking apparently, and so it's when we finally you finally get it, and then he, um, you know, I remember I so when I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself here, see Bob, you know this is dangerous. I always try to not talk about certain things like when I'm around all the SEC nation. I don't want ESPN to know how old I actually am, <laughs> but but I mean I was. I remember walking because I love Return of the Jedi. Love it. Think it's underrated. It, it, it was. It was. It, it moved me emotionally, um, and, and still does. But I left theater. At, like I remember thinking, like two days later, thinking, "Wait a damn minute, is that how Boba Fett dies?" <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and so, it, it, any, anything that kind of course corrects on that, you know, I'm yeah. all for it. And so, but it's it's just and, and Brent makes up an amazing point, and I wish that people could have experienced like the sequels the way I have and this new material on Disney plus the way I have, which is sitting with a teenage girl, because there are things that the uh, kid of the seventies and eighties and me wants to go, what the, mm-hmm. and then I look at her and she loves it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the reality is we're setting up whatever she's going to have and whatever her kids are going to have. And so, yeah, there's that nostalgia part of me that's always going to jump up and down every time I see something that, that strikes a chord. But at the same time, um, getting to experience these new films with her and these new shows with her. I mean, you guys bring up – I mean, her immediate reaction was, oh, my God, that's Mulan. Right? <laughs> wait, wait, it is. Uh, okay. Oh, for Finnick Shan, you saying? Yeah, yeah, that's Mulan because yeah. she knows oh, that's, the, that's the, the original voice of Mulan. And so, wow. and, and, was, and she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, yep. Yeah, so, so it's, these are these, these characters, I, I'm, with, I'm with Brent, I, you know, I'm, I'm all for the old school stuff. I'm surrounded by it sitting here in my office, but there's also that part of me that wants to see where it goes forward because, you know, I get to experience it with my daughter. Yep. And, um, 
And, you know, her Star Wars is very different than my Star Wars. You know, before we get to T, Bob, I will say this. <clears throat> I think you and Brent both hit on some great things because I, I look, whether I was a silly one and had kids really, really young, which I did, or I'm the smart one because now my kids are all grown up and out of the house and I'm pretty much your age, Brian. Yeah. So, um, and, and then I look at D Doc and Nick who have kids on the way. Um, yeah. Hey, Alfie, congrats, boys. Or Alfie, who's got a two year old. Um, but I got to grow up with the prequel trilogy with Joey. Joey was six, nine, and 12 when those three movies came out. I was six, nine, and 12 when the original came out. Wow. So it was like a mirror image, it was so poetic. And to see him, I, I enjoy the prequels so much more because of that. And because while people are ripping on it, I'm watching him. Yep. And he's losing his mind. Right. He's Jar Jar. Like, no, Jar Jar is, Jar-Jar so is cool. it. So I remember <laughs> going, go, going, going, and no, seriously, going and seeing. Like, so, all right. So C3PO. My dad thought C3PO was the most annoying SOB in the history of movies. <laughs> yep. I believe and that. I, I dressed up like C3PO for, for, for Halloween because I loved him. Yeah. And if, and then fast forward to where my wife and I went and saw, uh, we see Phantom Menace on Thursday night at midnight or whatever, and it's all, you know, it's all young adults, and everybody's like, "Oh, what is what's the story with the, with the Jar Jar?" And then I went back and saw it again on a on the next Sunday afternoon at two o'clock, and the theater was full of kids, and they loved it. Mm-hmm. They loved it, and that's yeah. when I kind of learned my lesson, which is, "All right, you know what? He wasn't he wasn't designed for me." Nope, and. You know, Ray and Rose and all that, they weren't designed for us, boys. They were designed for my daughter yep. who loves them. And so it's just uh I'm so I'm always been thankful for that experience in the theater with with kids that were Joey's age, because I was like, okay, you know what? Uh they're totally into the fact that this kid is the hero. Yep. Um, you know, where I was sitting there impatient wanting to be Darth Vader. And so it's just it's it's uh it's, it's, it's <laughs> again, but watching it with my daughter was the same thing, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody else is like, well, what's up with Ray? And my, my, it's my daughter's hero. She's just paintings over and Ray's over right fun. now. Yeah, Ray yeah. is so funny. Ray is yeah. great. I, I, I don't yeah. know anybody was an just guy show, well, was problems. Just girls, awesome. you know. Yeah. What are these girls doing in these movies? Yeah. Well, guess what? My girl loves it. So well, there you go. Well, T-Bob, we got it. you after the show to watch Under the Helmet. One thing that I saw in Under the Helmet that I really liked was they actually, the, uh, the Jag guys that are on yeah. uh, Rex, originally were on the boba fett on the helmet and so they baloney yeah thank you just when i saw that i was like oh my god i was like look at that yeah like it was really cool to see that and that dude operates like (laughs) he's on a different level he's on a different level i mean he he understands the ancient texts better than you know like (laughs) I, I don't know why I keep going to religion analogies tonight, but like if George Lucas is the Joseph Smith, he's like whoever's the next major guy that took over, right? Like he <laughs> understood the ancient texts that were communicated to Lucas better than anyone else. All right, let's talk uh, Book of Boba Fett. Joe. Though, oh. Because, oh, wait, sorry. Go go, go, oh, no, go, no, 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 go, 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 go. I thought they, they were okay. moving on to something okay. else. Okay. Because I could not be more um, hyped up for a few reasons. First off, um, I want to know what the hell is, and maybe this is explained, because I never know because I haven't read all of the new canon books and comic books, right? So maybe some of this is explained. But I want to know, like, what the hell is going on in the Outer Rim? Because to me, that final scene in season two of Mandalorian feels like there is a massive power vacuum. And this is not a small power vacuum, right? Is the Hutt family gone? Obviously, Jabba's gone. 
from Lair or whatever. So this is like uh, utter chaos, but a ton of power to be had. This becomes, I think, especially interesting if you start to tie it into Mandalorian season three and does Boba Fett end up like, cause like, if you look back at um, like, like ancient Star Wars, like Old Republic type stuff, right? Mandalore is like one of the major galactic powers, right? So like a Boba Fett at the head of the resources on the outer rim combined with Din Djarin and maybe, I mean, who knows how you start to weave these threads together, like the power potential for a third faction to rise mm-hmm. and who knows how you fits in is wild. And, and, and so we do the four Mandalore podcasts, which we bring back from Boba Fett, obviously. And um, my buddy, Jesse, the jetpack Don, he's one of the guys we were talking about earlier, a true lore master. Like one of the guys when you talk to him, like, oh, he is deeply red, like on a, on a different mm-hmm. level than me, mm-hmm. right? And so his third eye is completely open. And we keep going back to the fact, I feel like Mace Windu has to show up in this thing. Oh my God. He chopped off Django Fett's head. <laughs> All of Boba's life has been leading to this. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson fell out of a window. Nobody ever dies from falling in Star Wars. Samuel L. is the perfect age to come back and do it. Like, like the 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 potential for Boba Fett, especially with because like once you do Luke, all bets are off. Yep. Because season two felt like it was leading toward Luke. Felt like it was leading toward Luke. You're like but they're not really good. You can't really do that. You can't really do that. And then they did. And I don't know about y'all. You know me. I cried my eyes. I thought it was awesome. I was like so weird. I'm holding my baby daughter. She's one at the time, like overwhelmed with emotion, just crying in the middle of my living room. So no, I I cannot wait for Boba Fett. And Tamora Morrison's awesome, and obviously. Um, just the reintroduction of the character was great, but like the potential, like y'all talk about launching Star Wars into the future, the potential is it's it's just so vast and it feels very exciting because of that. Agreed. Brent, you're going to hit it. I know what you're going to say. Okay. Have you watched, what is the name of the movie now that I get inside out with the little red guy who is the anger? Bro, and that's a the, top three animated movie of all time to me. It breaks me what, down. To like, 100%. 100%. And then there's the gif of the anger with the head on fire. Yeah. The mere mention of bringing Mace Windu back <laughs> triggers my little red guy's head to go on fire. <laughs> that sounds like how a personal we, problem. How are sure. we got chopped in half, dude. Darth Maul got chopped in half and went insane and rebuilt spider legs. And we're like, but, 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 but how can we move forward if we keep rolling back in the past? Yeah. So, so I feel you, I feel you because you know, that's one of my biggest problems with Last Jedi is that that's literally what Kylo is telling them. Or no, I love Last Jedi. What I mean is it's the wasted (laughs) potential of Last Jedi, right? Last Jedi was saying this and for whatever reasons, you know, they, they, they played it safe. They kind of reverted on a lot of that potential. So I, um, I definitely feel you there, but I guess at the end of the day, I'm a fanboy, and it would be awesome to see Boba Fett and Mace Windu, a person who has a purple lightsaber because he has literally discovered a level of technique in dueling that is infused with the dark side to see him and Boba freaking Fett to go toe to toe would just be like, oh, oh. I mean, that's like your toys. That's like you're playing with your toys when yes. you're like, bah, 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 I, bah, bah. I want Mace Windu to come back in a story that is set in his time frame. I don't want him to come back in a story that is set 30 years past when he fell out a window and he comes back. died. 
He's been he working as a and he's just or he's 60 just years. Yeah. Six you don't see years. the body, he's not actually dead. But I, go. I gotta see the body. Until I see the body, I don't believe he's actually dead. <laughs> all right, all right. We're gonna we're not gonna go on the Mace Windu tunnel tonight. We'll we'll hit that for another time. Um <laughs> But we will go back to another character that's bringing back the past again, because this this one, besides seeing Luke at the end of the Mandalorian season two, this one's got me the most ramped up. Obi-Wan Kenobi. I know it was from the Disney meeting like six months ago or a year ago. We never saw it, but they finally released it out. Um, the concept art, um, having Ewan McGregor and Deborah Chow talk a little bit. That got me ramped up. I don't know about you guys. Uh, some of the some of the concept art was beautiful. Seeing Vader looking at that hologram, seeing Vader and Obi Wan fighting on was that Mustafar again? Um, my mind started spinning. Like, is this really happening, or is Obi Wan having a nightmare and waking up thinking about that? You know, I don't even know, right? Uh, and I'm not sure any of us will know until that happens, but. What are your guys' thoughts across the board? And I'm going to follow the same path I did last time. D-Doc, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the sizzle reel with the concept art and all that kind of stuff. I, I was just jazzed. How about you? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it. I, I mean, I definitely, I had all this hype for like, there's going to be a teaser trailer, teaser trailer on Disney Plus Day. So like, I'm kind of mad at myself because watching that little clip I was almost looking past it because I want to just see a clip of mm -hmm. Ewan McGregor in in costume in the show which I understand I'm okay to wait for it but um I just can't my brain can't comprehend Hayden Christensen and him facing off with each other again and and I'm also wondering are they going to do anything different like are we going to see a different version of Vader that we've never seen before in this show because you're going to have, I guess, mm -hmm. a, a younger version of Vader. So will, will we see him with his helmet off multiple times? What will their conversations be like? Like, I don't know. Like, is he going to be a little more agile? I don't know. I'm jacked about it. Okay. All right. <laughs> got to be more. He will be more agile. We can definitely yes. promise that, right? <laughs> no, I agree. And and I'll go out of order because, Steve, Bob, you followed up right there. Go right ahead. Your thoughts Bro, on I'm this. So because I'm sorry. I got to jump in. I'm so freaking hyped, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I had no, so I had no expectation um, for Disney plus day. I didn't know it was coming. And so I had no expectation of the trailers. So I had a completely different reaction. A lot of my boys who were a little upset, um, including my lore master by the jetpack Don, mm -hmm. right. He was a little upset and I came out of it and like, I'm watching it. I'm at like a radio remote. I'm outside like a local grocery store every Friday, hand out gift cards, you know, the yeoman's work of a like, local radio man's life. And I'm out here and regional, I just watch it on regional. my phone. Yes. And I'm just watching on my phone and like, bro, I start, I was like, man, I know I'm a nerd because I like whooped out loud. I had goosebumps coursing through my body. I mean, when you see the shot of Hayden Christensen with the training mask on uh, training, and the thing about me, the thing about it is it's not just, I mean, on top of the fact that we live in this crazy time when we are getting this space opera literally told with billions of dollars of production and artistry and creativity behind it over the course of like 50 years, which is, it's, it, it, it's akin to like seeing like one of the great temples of the past being built in your lifetime or something like it's like it's, it's, it's insane on that level. 
And and so to watch the the soap opera between uh, Obi Wan and Vader play out, and Obi Wan, a character who is so deeply rooted in misfortune. I mean, he held Qui Gon Jinn dying in his arms. He held the girl he <laughs> loved and Satine dying in his arms. Even Maul, he had a weird relationship with. He held him dying in his arms. He killed his his boy. He killed Anakin, his brother. I mean, yeah. it's like this is a broken man. <laughs> So the characterization is fascinating. The timeline of the actual real world production is fascinating. And then for me, growing up in the prequel era, thinking about Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen rehashing these roles and these actors, how competitive and juiced up and how big they know this is, right? And they both want to prove to each other that they still got it. Because think about all the time that those two and little actors are kind of like alpha type of personalities, right? Everybody wants to be the big dog. And the time that they spent fighting each other and, and practicing, and now it's time to kind of dust those old skills off and mm -hmm. you're playing Darth Vader. Like, I just, I, I, I get so beyond excited thinking about uh, watching this series, both in what's going to play out on the screen and in kind of all the real life uh, machination and, and, and behind the scenes stuff going on. Yeah, no, I do. You, you nailed it right there, Ryan. I, you know what? I'm looking at my notes here. If I skipped you on the Boba Fett stuff, I'm sorry because I know you were talking about you your did. daughter, but I couldn't yeah. remember. I was like, did I hit Ryan? No, you got no. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I just, um, I just, I'll, I'll you, go. I'm just sitting there watching, listening to you guys. It's like no, it's like right. watching mean... watching when I listen to anyway. It's awesome. <laughs> well, when 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 you know, with us being similar age groups, I grew up. You know, that initial time we saw Alec Guinness, which I mean, come on, let's face it, we didn't realize the greatness of Alec Guinness when we were six, seven, eight, nine years old. But then to see it transformed into Ewan McGregor in the prequels, um, you're probably similar to me. Ewan McGregor took Obi-Wan, I already thought highly of him, but then took it to the next level. How pumped are you for the Obi-Wan series with all the things that could go along with it leading into the original trilogy era? Well, I, I go back to the first 10 minutes of Phantom Menace and how I was just so completely off the chart excited to see the jedi be the jedi mm -hmm. and not be old broken dudes you know having a swashbuckling deal in the hallway you know then now now it's i mean just to see them at the height of their powers and to me this is just the opportunity to see more obi-wan and to see more of this and now now i'm fascinated by the character in the middle because we had alec guinness and um, which, by the way, I convinced my daughter to watch Bridge on the River Kwai, which is like eight hours long. And she loved it because she, when she realized, you know, that it okay. was uh, that it was Obi-Wan that was the star of the film. But, you know, there was old broken Obi-Wan that we that, that we all saw when I was a little bitty guy. And then there was young, you know, swashbuckling, you know, Obi-Wan. And now we're in the middle somewhere. And that part of it, I mean, to T-Bow's uh, point this broken man who's dealing with all of this, who was always the eternal optimist. And, you know, what in the world happens to him that he ages like he does over the course of 30 years, right? Because there's got to be an explanation. And so that, so that, that, that part of it is what, I'm, is what I'm fascinated to see. And also, too, to our points earlier about um, how the different generations uh, interpreted this. And I keep going back to my daughter. We should have had her on the podcast. She's doing her homework upstairs. But, but, but she was so in love with Anakin and with mm -hmm. Hayden Christensen. And still, she doesn't have a lot of her earliest toys, but she still has like the tall version of 
Anakin Skywalker with a really realistic Hayden Christensen face. And the funny part, I remember her looking at me when she was a kid and she's like, how did he not win an Oscar for this? And I just was and I remember thinking, babe, you don't even know how that <laughs> runs counter to everything anybody my age said about him oh right at the gosh. time. But again, her generation loved him. And so, yeah. so that, that it was interesting watching it with her because she's in the backseat of the truck the other day. She's watching it and it's all art and whatever. But, but the second she saw like a glimpse of Hayden Christensen, the yeah. look on her face. And so that part of it is fascinating, but just, but just the character arc. I, I just, mm-hmm. I think Obi-Wan is, was always an underserved character anyway. Um, certainly from when we when I was growing up. And so now to see that fulfilled, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, and, and I, and I love, I mean, it was the interview, trying to remember, maybe it was Jimmy Kimmel, but it was several years ago when, when they first were talking about going to do the, the series and all that stuff. And I remember and Jimmy Kimmel was such a hardcore Star Wars guy, but I remember Ewan McGregor, like actually closing his eyes and saying, hang on, I've got to get, I've got to get into character. And then all of a sudden his voice changed. And there yeah. it was, you know, and, and so I watched the film not too long, moving not too long ago, had young Alec Guinness in it. And it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's crazy <laughs> how much he sounds like you. So yeah, it, it's going to be, I, it, I, of all, of all the projects um, that have been thrown out there, this is the one from the jump that I was the most excited about. And I, th- and I think I'm certainly not alone in that. Gotcha. One Keep thing up. I wanted to add on yeah. my point real quick is that too, um, obviously we all love uh, Lucas and um, I can't remember who wrote the biography. Lucas' biography is awesome as well, but um, everybody has weaknesses. And if there was one weakness with Lucas in the, in the previous, he, he's never, he's never been maybe the best at like coaching actual actors and actresses. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More energy. Yeah. Yeah. We all know. Okay, exactly. Right. So, and then it's like, you combine that with um, or in some of the wooden dialogue of the prequels. So it's like now with Deborah Chow and the writing team in place, like some depth potential, like some real development, like, like again, the emotional potential of Polonius flesh so much out of this with Clone Wars, but the emotional potential of all these Obi-Wan and Anakin and Vader vibes as he figures out, I guess that Anakin's Vader, right? Cause he won't yeah. know. He thinks that he's killed Anakin. I would assume, yes. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's where we left it at. Nick and yeah. then Brent. Yeah, Ryan, to your point, you are talking about your daughter loving Star Wars. And it, like, I convinced my dad to take me to see Attack of the Clones. I'm a child of the prequels to go see Attack of the Clones maybe seven times. Yeah. Not kidding, seven it times. Yeah, and, and I, yeah. I kid you not, I'm sitting in the theater going like, this is what, love looks like like this is it like this is, <laughs> no, this is, this is how it happens like this is yeah. like, i don't know i've never fruit. been in love maybe this is how it happens you know like fruit, and so on the back of a blurg yes on the back of a blurg and so it. literally like like uh, even Ewan mcgregor is my obi-wan kenobi yeah. and so for me the excitement level is so high and i really don't ever get like this i'm, I'm normally the guy that's like let's get the star wars when we get it and this is awesome i was so excited thinking that there was going to be a teaser trailer. Cause this is the one I'm with you, Ryan. I was so excited for this one over anything else uh, that in our text group, all of a sudden these guys, and I'm going to blame you guys start texting out links that are being pulled by Disney ahead of time. Oh, and they're yeah. like, it's here, it's here, it's here. Yeah. And I'm at work I'm in a <laughs> meeting and I'm seeing it just blow up. And I literally jumped on after the meeting and I saw it and I, I watched the minute long thing and I went, is that it? Yeah. Like, that was, oh, yeah. 
That yeah. was it. Like yeah. I was expecting, I was expecting it. And, and I, later I was like, am I being like the kid that goes to the Grand Canyon with his family? That's like, what's, it's a big hole in the ground. Like who, like what, yeah. or yeah. am I just so excited that I was like, oh, it's like, I'm so passionate. I can't wait to see it. That yeah. was, I think that's where I fall. Well, just, there's a point, and this is, this was the excitement of the prequels. And, and, you know, and you, if you hear Mark Hamill talk about, you know, the interview when he's talked about when, when George took, you know, took them to lunch and said, we're going to do this there, you know, you have, you have, you've reconciled with the notion that, you know what, we ain't getting any more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. I mean, the, the last, last one, you know, Jedi came out when I was what, 13. And I, I ain't going to get any more. I'm, I'm going to get the special editions in the theater and, and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to read books and that we're done. And, um, and so I think that you just assumed you weren't going to, when, when Obi-Wan went into hiding, that was it, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just, I think that's where the excitement comes from is you, there's, there's a point of, there's a part of you where you just went, well, that was awesome, but we're done with that. And, it's, uh, it's- and now you're not. I'm 13 again. Yeah. 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 It's it's such a fascinating kind of thing to the differences therein because, like, I remember being probably like second, third grade lunchroom, maybe fourth grade, something like that, right? And we're all talking about Star Wars. And they're like, you know, there's nine episodes, right? And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, bro. Those are four, five, and six. (laughs) There's prequels. And I'm like, what? Are you yeah. serious? And then, and then, sure enough, a few years later, the prequels start. Yeah. Now the sequels are. That's what I'm saying. That's what I always have my mind blown by. I mean, I look at all of our different age ranges right here on the pod, and yet mm-hmm. the thing we're united over, it's just this massive artistic uh, creation that has spanned decades now at this point. Uh, I, I'm going to go to Brent, but it, you know, it, it makes me think of you know, people living in different times where the Odyssey or, you know, the Iliad yes. or. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're looking at things where you're like, at that time frame, this was what we're doing right now. So in in a hundred plus years, they're going to look back and say, this crazy group of people over a forty or fifty year time frame, this was their culture kind of shakeup thing right there. So Brent, go ahead and finish out on Obi Wan, and then we got some fun Galaxy's Edge stuff to talk about. So I think I'm a sucker for a sizzle reel and a teaser trailer um, because. Out of all the projects that you guys are talking about, I was really into the Andor one because last year at the Disney mm-hmm. uh, Investors Day, they played a sizzle reel where they talked about 12 episodes, 200 characters, uh, many of them like actually having their own names and costumes and having named characters in there. So that like that was what got me. I wasn't really interested in the Obi-Wan because he never really latched onto me. I'm not a Clone Wars uh, series person. Um, I'll watch. Go ahead, T-Bob. I'll come at you like an offensive light or a defensive No, chill out, dude. Don't you mention Jarrell. Don't you mention Jarrell Poe again, Brett. So we got a base character on the screen. (laughs) So, yeah. So, uh, with that being said, like, I'm not like, Obi-Wan never really held me. However, watching this little teaser trailer i actually was like dude this gets me right because it like it showed me a little bit of things and there's two video or we haven't really got into the details of the mm-hmm. teaser trailer that they released or whatever you want to call it sizzle reel there were two pieces of concept art that i haven't heard a lot of people talk about but it really struck a chord with me the inquisitor ship with the inquisitor coming off of it yeah. awesome yeah yeah and 
a dope ass Vader sitting in his throne, looking at a hologram. <laughs> like he just, that look was like everything you wanted Vader to like. So you got Vader that you wanted in rogue one, right. but this is the guy like planning that out. Mm-hmm. Like there is just something about him sitting in that throne and kind of the pose in that concept art was like kicked back in like bro style. I got this. I know I, I am Vader. Um, those two images, if they get translated into what I hope they get translated into in the into the actual show, I think got me excited. Well, I, th- I think there's some synergy there with how we talked about Boba Fett earlier, because to me, Vader and Boba Fett have always been fascinating commentaries on the power of design, right? Because again, like we said, on screen, Boba Fett, not a very impressive character in the original trilogy. Now, I haven't seen um, Wookiee Life Day, so I, I don't know how he shows up there. <laughs> but I'm talking about what we see in the canon films. He's not necessarily the most impressive, but that outfit was just so freaking cool. And the yeah. toy. And Vader's the same way. I mean, like just when you see that silhouette, and you know, a lot of it's like samurai influence, but when you see that silhouette, you immediately... You just know, like, oh, like, you don't want to mess with that dude. And that's what I get when I see him sitting in that chair. It just was, like, the supreme Vader. Like, there's, there, he's everything he's meant to be, I, I feel like, from that picture. Like, they captured it, the essence of who Vader was. Any, any really cool dude who's been able to hook up with Natalie Portman can sit however he wants to in, in. <laughs> bro i had such just, a that's what it boils down to that's what it, it boils down to this is I love <laughs> there you go fruit not um, fruit floating through the air that's, that's it. right um, oh, right there man not only is it love but not only is it love but that white outfit is quite possibly mm. the quintessential outfit of any um yeah, Positive. it's like the Ursula answer Ursula Anders Bond film girl chick that that white outfit. <laughs> Cosplayers tear that white outfit up, man. They they tear oh, yeah. it up. Um, so uh, real quick, just some side things we've been talking about pretty deep subjects, everything like that. One, Baby Yoda Grogu will be in the Macy's Day Parade. We talked about hitting into culture, right? And you think about like Darth Vader made it into culture. C three PO and R two D two made it into culture, right? That was part of the mainstream. Baby Yoda, uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade. I mean, there's when you get up on that, you've made it, right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> do y'all, a big do y'all deal. correct? Do y'all correct me? This is my great thing that I never know how to deal with. When people in public call it Baby Yoda, are you ever tempted to be like, well, I, well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's like. <laughs> We you know his name. I know his name. But I don't want to spoil it for you. You've never seen so, it. Like, I know yeah, that's, you know, yeah. how to handle that ever. I'm, I'm the one that will call him Baby Yoda. And I've had like an eight to 12 year old kid <laughs> correct me and say, no, it's Grogu. <laughs> I'm right. like, yeah, yeah, I know it's Grogu, but it's Baby Yoda because that's just, Grogu is just the weirdest name ever. And I mm. still refuse to acknowledge Grogu oh, as the no, name. Oh, no, dude. Grogu's a great name. Brandon. It's a Come terrible on. name. It's a terrible no, name. Bro. I'm going to tell Joey to name his kid that middle middle name. There like you go. Well, that, well, that, but this, this goes back to what I was saying earlier, though, was you got to yep. check yourself. What, what, all right, so what, at what point do you correct him? And at what point do you just go <laughs> – Okay, you know what, man? That's that's cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. With that kid, yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, no, I'm cool with him Very correcting cool. me, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm cor- 
cool with him correcting me because it means he cared about it, right? Right. But at the same time, I I'm gonna call him Baby Yoda. I'm sorry, like you oh, yeah, gave but... him detention. Don't try to act like you. Let Not him at all. <laughs> it wasn't a student. It was at. It was actually playing my game and <laughs> talk to him about my game, like a yeah. a play game or a um, play afternoon. I forget going around the room here. Brent, you've been to Galaxy's Edge, correct? Yes, yes, sir. I have been. Uh, Ryan, you went. Yep, got my hat. There we go. I yep. like that. T. Bob, have you been? Uh, I have been. I have not ridden Rise of the Resistance. The Rin Smuggers run a bunch. I did Savvy's workshop. Built the lightsaber again. Uh, I, I just cry a lot. I guess because <laughs> I did. I did tear up again in Savvy's workshop. I think T. Yeah. I think T. Bob is going. For those that are watching on YouTube, I think T. Bob just went full Vader because, like, he is <laughs> just now strongly silhouetted, and it looks kind I of Vader. I got kicked out the house, dude. I woke up my kids. I was, oh, having, I was being too loud. I got kicked out the house. I got hey, straight up kicked out the house. Just be glad you can go outside right now. It was snowing today in Indianapolis. So, Ooh, um, see, look. so. Oh, look at oh, oh my god. We did we, we did Droid Depot, and you guys know I'm a motorsports guy. So I I when I got home, I, I yes. called mine I called mine RP53 for Richard Petty. And I put oh, uh, man. I put the stickers on there. So hey, uh D Doc, when we get done with the show, that's definitely a screen grab. You need to grab oh, yeah. right there of that one. Um so I D Doc and Nick, you have not been to Galaxy's Edge yet, correct? I've not. Okay. Well, you, you might be getting some more things than we got the original time through because our good friend Mark Newbold of StarWars.com and the Star Wars Insider writes that they are looking to add four more things to Galaxy's Edge. Uh, one is called the Calicori Club, which I'm guessing is another eating place. Um, they're going to have a Bantha ride, um, which I don't know if it'll be... <laughs> if it'll be <laughs> Maybe so live animals like, would put the fur yeah. over them. Um, the, the old gonna, camel elephant ride from the, right. from the zoo. Um, they're going to have the bounty hunter uh, bounty hunter ride, which could yeah. be anything. And this one kind of caught my interest because, Ryan, you mentioned Return of the Jedi. One of the coolest things of Return of the Jedi was the speeder bikes on Indoor. They're going to have a speeder bike ride. So does that ramp anybody up more to make them want to go to Galaxy's Edge now? And here goes D-Doc with another visual. There you go. The biker that's shot it. right there. That's gorgeous. That, that's it. Well, hey, all I know is, is that for years, when you right right at the entrance or exit to um, Star Tours, mm -hmm. you know, they had the they had the speeder bike. Yep. And and you'd see 30 people in line just take a picture with it. Yep. So I would assume that uh that's probably gonna be uh, and if it's anything like um so like the tron light cycle roller coaster and the um uh and if anyone's ever ridden the the avatar um there, there's two avatar rides and that one avatar deal where you're riding the back of the and i'm not avatar but the dragon or whatever it is that's unbelievable so if it's anything like that experience i can't even imagine I, my favorite ride at the whole park at all yeah the no no it's it's avatar. crazy yep Yep. So I, how, do, I, how does Rise compare to Avatar? It's a good question because I never got on Rise while I was there. Uh, they're, I, they're so different rides. Like so, Rise of the Resistance is going to the the visuals you see if it's an LED screen, it's so clear that it looks like it's real happening outside of you. Wow. Um, and you're in the Star Wars world, and it's also more of a 
it's more of an experience tied with a theme park ride. There's more of an experience to it. Whereas the, the avatar ride is a straight up 4d experience where you, if you've watched the shows, you feel like you've lo- linked up with one of the banshees and you are flying it. Like, and okay. Brian, I mean, am I, no, no, you, you know, Brett's right. It, it's like, um, smugglers run. The experience is not unlike the Banshee ride at avatar, just the build up to it and the queue and the experience of, of getting, of, of getting into it. But rise of the resistance is the craziest thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to describe how awesome that thing is. I mean, it's, just, it, and every, every time you think it's every time you think, okay, well, that was cool. There's a whole other thing that happens, right? Every <laughs> oh, time you think it's done, God. they put you in another thing or you do another deal. It's, it's, it goes on forever. Like it goes on. It's like, I mean, you're in there for like 20 minutes I and mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's amazing. Ryan, I'm, gonna I'm going to go in February. I'm doing the Mardi Gras thing that Louisiana people do. Cause we yeah. all get off for Mardi Gras. So you just oh. go to Disney during Mardi Gras. Cause nobody else is off. Well, Good text me. I might be there. I used to sneak Hell out of there yeah. for at least a little bit during Daytona. Um, so going more with Galaxy's Edge, we've all joked about it. The the Galactic Star Cruiser, right? I mean, four to six thousand dollars. Yeah. Whatever per night or every other night or what have you. Um, Disney put something out the other day that said they are already booked up for the first four months. Yeah. yeah. First four months. Um, I. That's a lot of cash. I'm planning my trip to Italy right now for 2022. Right. It is more per night to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser than for me to go to Italy uh, now. Yeah. So what are you? What are your priorities, Joe? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> have an honest conversation. Um, like you got to We got happy decide. wife. Happy <laughs> wife is a happy life. Yeah. And you know what? I you guys are all you youngsters here. Nick and D Doc, five years, two or three years. Next year is our 30th anniversary. So, okay. you know, good work. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good work. Made it through the good times and the bad. Here we got are. Got married when you were nine. I didn't realize that. <laughs> but, but no, it, it's, but, you know, I think it's what? It's a two night minimum. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. and, and it's going to have this special, you know, entrance into yep. Galaxy's Edge and, and the whole thing. And it's, um, no, it's, it's going to be crazy. But, um, but it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, the concern is always how much does it cost and the concern is always these things. But the reality is, is that until people prove that they're not willing to pay it, they're going to, then, you know, it's, it's, that's, you know, that's how, that's how well, free market it, system works. It's yeah. a boutique, it's a boutique tailored experience, right? Like I, I, yeah. I believe that there is an element of you were going to get what you pay for. Like, me, me and my wife have already planned it out even booked yet but like we know that like we're literally leaving the kids for a weekend <laughs> for us to go and do this thing right so it's yeah. like exactly to your point ryan if people are willing to pay it but also i just love this concept like we all love theme parks because theme parks at least for me growing up felt like they were always pushing at the edge of what was like new and innovative and this feels like somebody like you know really thought about Westworld, and batu feels like a first step in that direction we're like you know let's make this like truly immersive like the entire park and then it sounds like this hotel is that taken to the to the even next level. So it like, is. of course, of course, I'm absolutely into that. And and I and I, and I get it. And, I, and you know what? I'm 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 willing to pay it. And and it's like tight numbers, so they're going to charge more. And it is what it yep. is. And so, there's a new there's a new dining experience at Epcot, um, where you 
it's this same kind of idea where you, if you've ever eaten uh, in the in the restaurant that's under the ocean, you know, over over in the in the seas area of Epcot. Now there's oh, over, yeah. now there's now there's the space experience where you it, you simulate oh. like you're going up this hyper speed elevator up to a space station and you're eating in a space station. And it's kind of to, to Brent's point. There's there's parts of Rise of the Resistance that are like that. When you when you come out onto the deck and it's it's you, you're on I mean you, you you're on Star Cruiser. Dude, yeah, it's breathtaking. Yeah, it takes your breath away. And and <laughs> th this new restaurant at Epcot has a, they say that's about ten percent of what the of what this um, mm. this this resort experience Star is Cruiser like. So yeah, it's okay. it's going to be. I'm I'm I mean I'm not just saying this because I'm literally have a paycheck right here with my with Mickey's face on it, um, I, I'm, I'm saying this because it, I mean it. It's uh, it, um, from what everyone has told me, the scouting reports are off the chart, and um, and they're they are not even close to being done with it. Wow, Brent, just a quick nugget. I actually got to scuba dive in that tank where the under the seat under what? the seat tank. What? <laughs> so so here's the thing. If you know Disney, Disney's weird, but I have friends that are like Disney nuts. They have weird experiences that if you pay for it. You yep. can do certain things. Um, it really, it's, it's cost effective. I got 45 minutes to dive in the, the tank. I was about a foot and a half away from an eight foot tiger shark. Um, oh, yeah. And I got to mess with the people eating in the cafe, in the restaurant. <laughs> it was, it was phenomenal. And I didn't expect it. So I'll give you a little nugget with that, but it's like 200 bucks. You get 45 minutes in the water, right? So I swam over to the window, and there was two couples eating, um, and they had, like, the chocolate lava cake as their dessert. So I'm over there, and I'm interact. I'm looking at them. They look at me. I wave, right? And then I, like, because I'm a fat guy, I point to the food. Like, I'm pointing <laughs> through the window, and the guy's like, me? And I'm like, yeah. And then I point down at what he's eating, and he holds the lava cake. And I'm like, yeah. And then he tries to put it through the window, right? And I'm like, and I, I reach my hand in, like, I'm punching to grab it, and yeah. I'm like, and then I look up and there's like six camera phones on me because there I'm interacting show. with this. Right. I was the, oh, I was well, the, well, entertainment. You, you, you the they, entertainment. They tell that story forever. There we go. Yeah. They, they, they tell that story forever. You remember that guy punching on the glass? Oh, it, was awesome. it was, I'll tell that story forever, but that was oh. one of the coolest experience. So if you ever get a chance and if you're a scuba diver, I would go into that Epcot thing. So since you mentioned, it, I thought I'd drop that nugget. Well, That's I, amazing. I know I mentioned earlier, but I did promise. And I want to say it the right way because uh, just real quick, uh, Enzo, when you listen to the show, happy birthday, man, from all of us, 13 years old. You're a teenager. That's awesome. Your, your dad wow. is bringing you up right with the Star Wars and the Marvel and all that. So, um, but stop cussing on our show because Enzo, you cuss <laughs> in the background oh. when your dad's on. Uh, we caught you. So I just got murdered. He threw another <laughs> word in front of it. He was um, playing Battlefront or something. Yeah. He's just like, I just got blank and murdered. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, so I only, I only had a couple real quick hot, hot topics and then, you know, I've kept you guys long tonight, so I don't want to, I've kept everybody and I, I shouldn't keep you guys this long, but I appreciate it. Um, one, um, Rogue Squadron. Uh, Ryan, you mentioned how you are a Rogue, you know, Rogue Squadron fan of the books. Guys across the board, I'll start with D-Doc. Rogue Squadron getting booted. Uh, I mean, what are we feeling here? Is this just, is Disney and the movies and Star Wars, is it just not clicking right now? Or are we going straight to streaming for everything from now on? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've read so much on the internet this week about the fact that they're like, oh, they're not giving the creators any, or the directors any creative direction. 
you know, everybody's controlling everything. Oh. And I'm sure this is into another topic with Kathleen Kennedy. She's extended, blah, blah, blah. I don't care so much as who's in charge or what. I just want direction and you're my guy. Like, cause back to the Boba Fett uh, little documentary we watched, there was so much creativity then where it was just like, hell yeah, do that, do that. Let's throw Boba Fett in a parade and look at right. what he became, you know? So it's like, I, yeah. I don't, I, I, it's like people are like, well, look at how much Star Wars we're getting. I totally agree. I love it. I just mm -hmm. want to know. It's like when the Eagles kept going to the NFC Championship game and not winning a Super Bowl. It's like <laughs> everyone's like, well, you guys keep going to the NFC Championship game. And it's like, yeah, but I don't have a damn Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> Colt fans feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like I, I I'm not I'm not gonna complain about it. I love all the Star Wars we're getting. Yep. But it's like I, I won't complain about it at all. But like I just want there to be like, you're my guy. I trust your creativity. Go do your thing. Cause I was excited about that. It's kind of disappointing to see. Agreed. Nick, any thoughts on the, on the rogue squadron? Yeah, I agree with that, Dave. I think for me, it's less of like, like I don't actually care who is doing what, as long as it's cohesive and it makes sense. So I think like back to the, you know, sequel trilogy, our biggest beef was it felt like we got three or maybe two and a half semi, you know, individual takes on movies and it didn't make a ton of sense when you watch them all back together and for me i go you know i while it's disappointing there's part of me that goes okay well better to have that happen now than to get down the road they start doing something and like the colin trevorrow you know script happens and they get all the way to the point where they're getting ready to shoot it and then they're like well we have too many creative differences part of me is like hey put this thing to bed before it turns into something bigger, before we all get fatigue and spend 50 shows on here going back <laughs> and forth of, well, then they canned it and they brought this, like, just give me some cohesion across the board. And I think that's why I like the Mandalorian so much is you look at Dave and you look at John and you look at the consistency as well as the connectivity between all the different stuff. And I go like, okay, if it takes a little longer, but I get more of that, then deal. Like I'm, I'm in for that. Don't just, churn out star wars and just to churn out star wars i got you brent uh t bob or ryan any thoughts brent, and, go um oh go ahead brent go ahead i was just getting my my whole take on this is just my understanding and i this is i'm not by no way a insider i'm sitting in indiana i'm not a, a hollywood insider but the way that I understand the way that movies work, scripts are approved and then they're thrown away. Scripts are approved. They get into the production and they throw them away. This happens with that, whether it's Star Wars or not. Like the writers will write things. People will look at them. They'll attach their names to it. And you'll hear stories about, well, I was on this project for 10 years before they even get to a point where they get to production. And it went through four directors' hands. And that's just on regular movies, right? So that's the way that I look at this. I know that we're big Star Wars fans, but it's basically just part of the Hollywood process. And it means a lot more because they dropped it during Investor's Day to build the buy-in for it. And so we expect it. But at the yeah. same time, this is just the way that the industry kind of works and moves its way around. People come and go all the time through projects. Um, what is it? My, uh, Cameron on the Avatar, it took him 10 to 12 years to get that thing working. Um, and they're also making an avatar two and three, but that's still, that's what 15 years. I was just talking to a friend. They're the making first like five movie, of them. 
Well, the first movie was like in 2010, 2009, 2009. So we're talking like almost 11 years since the first, since Avatar was made before they're dropping Avatar two and three. It just takes time to make the movies. It takes time to get the right people involved. So if anything, I'm with uh, Nick when he says, take the time to do it. But I look at it just as like, well, this is just the nature of the business. And it didn't really, it doesn't get me up or down. I would love to see a dogfight movie, like a Top Gun style X-Wing movie, because that what's better, the, the sound of the X-Wing and the TIE fighter flying through the air and seeing yeah. like a dogfight of those things would be amazing. But I want it to be the right movie, not just a Star Wars movie. Gotcha. T-Bob, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that it's an interesting thing where, like, I kind of see all sides, right? You want to get it right. And so if it's just not clicking, there's definitely something to be said for, like, avoiding this lost fallacy and just going through with it. Um, I do think the very personal disappointment in the sequel trilogy is that uh, I didn't follow the template of the original trilogy while you know the original is all George Lucas's vision but in different directors right like the thing that gives the tr- sequel trilogies its most disconnectivity is that they um is that they ended up going back to J.J. Abrams and so you have this story that feels like it's like you know J.J. wanted to tell the story but for whatever reason he wasn't allowed to tell the middle part and then you think about Solo and it's like uh, that got very deep into production. Like, I mean, I think that is atypical what happened on Solo in terms mm-hmm. of how deep it got, which was made there. And and I hesitate to wade into these waters because I like Captain Kenny. I actually have a problem with Captain Kenny. And like, as soon as you say anything about something like this, you get lumped in with a whole bunch of talks that I don't agree with. Yep. Um, it's just that I, you know, I, whatever. I, I, like I said, I love behind the scenes. I love making up stuff. And so I love creative freedom for the director always air i'll always side with that over kind of studio uh heavy handedness i I think it's one of the reasons why Favreau and Filoni have been so successful is because Favreau had the cachet to gain the trust of the big names and and combine that with his Filoni's knowledge of the text and all of a sudden you have that kind of creative carte blanche so I just, I mean, I, I, I'm always worried about studio overreach, I guess is the long and short way of saying this. But at the same time, if something's not working, I, I can also see just you know, don't put it out versus putting it out and have everything go toxic and solo yeah. for the record. Like, I really do like so Solo's a very fun heist movie. And it had Maul live action, which, <laughs> what the hell, now it's wasted. Uh, okay. Um, uh Ryan, any any thoughts on the Rogue Squadron? Because, like we said, yeah, I know you're into the books of that. Any ups or downs with this not probably happening now? Well, I just if I mean, obviously, I want it to happen, and I hope that it happens. Um, but I also think that um, we know too much. You know, I, I really <laughs> do. I, yeah, I, so I, true. I, I think, I think so we know. True, I get, well I get, I get so angry about Solo because I love Solo. I, I that's my kind. That's, that's kind of my, that's my Disney Plus go to. If I if I got nothing to do for forty five minutes, that's the one I go to. And that's awesome. Um, and, you know, I, I I so at SEC Media Days down in Hoover, Alabama, a few years ago. Um, in fact, it was Solo had just come out, and I sat down to do. You know, they have Radio Row, and so Marty Smith and I are doing all these radio interviews, and and I got my I've got this ring that twists on your finger, and it it has you know, a long time ago. 
Y'all just far, far away, just on the ramp. So I, I'm everybody. Everybody knows I'm the guy, right? And so I sit down, and there's this guy, this radio host, and he's got his. He's got a Millennium Falcon sweatshirt on. And I sit down, and I go, "Well, hey, before we start talking about football, I go, what'd you think of Solo? Oh, I didn't see Solo. The hell was Solo? Wow. <sighs> yeah. And and I and I go, all right. So you're one of these guys. He goes, what? And so for the next ten minutes. I went off on this guy <laughs> about, about, you know what, you know what, dude, you're the reason that we're not going to get any more Star Wars story. Exactly. You know, because you decided to take a stand because you don't like Rose or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and I got so angry and I go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And then I go, okay, I'm done with that now. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> and there was this pause and the guy goes, well, Ron, we're out of time. Thanks for joining us on you know, the, the, the sports zoo or whatever the hell it was. And so, yeah, so it was, but it's just, but, but the point, I just think we know too much, Yeah, you yeah, know, and, and I think, I think that these things have always happened on films. I think they're always going to happen on films. Um, and I think that sometimes we just know, we know too much. And then when the movie comes out, people like it, but, yeah. but, but we have a tendency to turn everything into a thing. And so fingers crossed, um, yeah. you know, the language is shelved and postponed and, you know, Patty Jenkins also, by the way, has to go make the third Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman 3. She's yeah. very in demand. So I think that her schedule has to be taken. But anyhow, I don't know anything. Um, uh, I'm not privy to the. Uh, I thought it was the, like every ESPN employee just. And, oh, yeah, yeah. No, we get all, all the emails. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. no, no, no they, uh, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy copies me on everything. But, yeah. but, but I just, I, I just, I think we. Hey, I think did it's you like CC a, this? guy did you yeah see yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. you see marty yeah. mcgee but i but i do i do think that we are victims of knowing too much like I, I think that if we i think there's something to be said for not knowing sure. every single thing that happens and most of what i read by the way yeah. is i heard this and i heard that and right sources say this and sources say that and if i write that i get fired so <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go with any with some official announcements and statements when i see those brent and nick yeah. did you guys have something real quick then we'll tidy everything up go ahead <laughs> Uh, so I want to say not only I think we're our, I would since you brought that up we're a victim of knowing too much I think we're also a victim of the vocal minority that is the Twitterverse oh, that one hundred yeah I live it yeah that is the reason why there is less freedom be like the whole thing right so we know too much but it's also there are people that are so vocal. And there is there there's the tiptoe step that you have to walk as a major corporation to make yeah. sure we're walking through those tiptoes. So I want creative freedom, but we also don't want to offend. So I think what Mark Anthony Austin said, like Disney's worried about that, like the water, mm -hmm. like no one's running to water, um, but it's water. Everyone kind of likes water. Yeah. And they're trying to make sure that they are remaining water before they become fire water or ice cold or something and going one way or the other. So I think we're a victim of knowing too much, having too much of a vocal opinion and a too much public say. And there is a little bit of that balancing of everybody's expectations versus yep. are we in offenses? So, the, overwhelm the overwhelming oh. majority of people don't care about this stuff. They don't, nope. but we live it because we love it. And, yep. and I, and I, I compare it 100% to the sports world. Um, and, uh, and I think as a result, um, you know, sometimes we, sometimes, yeah, listen, I cover NASCAR and NASCAR is really struggling. And part of the reason is because the core audience, I'm putting that in air quotes, but that, that's what they call it, the core audience. They think they love it more than the people who run it. Yeah. And they're willing to choke it to death to prove that love 
and and that that part of it can get a little frustrating. But wow. but again, I, I'm with you guys. I think that, I think that I, st- I still believe that's a. You're right, Brent. It's a very vocal minority, as opposed to the overwhelming majority of the people. The billion dollar worth of box office. Yep. The 99% of the people that went and saw that movie do not care that they that there was a story on a so and so a cinema blog that said that so and so didn't get along with so and so. I think at the end of the day, if the trailer looks good and the movie looks good, they're gonna go. Correct. Nick, I know we gotta go, but I'm curious to not just we know too much, but how much is it is you're just being given too much? So like uh, the sizzle reel for Rogue Squadron that comes out three years before the movie ever even gets released yeah, yeah, climbing sure. in the X-Wing yeah. and yeah. you see that as a fan and you're like that's amazing like I'm so like this is a done deal like right. this you know like that's and, and I know that's not how it works but what I'd be curious in is like how much of it also is Disney getting it's, in bed with something and going like wait till you see this movie three years from now it, and then it's and then so it much of investors out. right I mean They've mm-hmm. got to go to their investors and the people who are buying Disney stock and say, here's what we have for you. And then it comes out to everybody else. Yeah, I'm not sure everybody else needs to see it. Just let the investors see it and just keep it under wraps. Right. I mean, it, do, it, it always makes me think too, about how much work is lost to the, to the machine, right? Just the, all the barriers of entry to getting this stuff made from concept art to like, yeah. like yeah. shots of people like climbing X wings, like whatever the case may be, like, it's now that we are given this access, it's kind of fascinating to think about all the work that's been done through the years that has never seen the light. Yep. In every 100%. facet, not just Star Wars. And theoretically, I could be an investor, right? Because it's a publicly <laughs> yes. traded company. If I own a share, I am an investor. So I could be Correct. privy to that information, right? But before we go, since we're getting done and I have waited to the end to ask this question, I asked the question of every new host. There we go. And I don't know if I've asked T Bob. So I'm going to ask both of you guys, Ryan and T-Bob. Right. Yeah. We, we have a running joke-ish in the podcast or on the podcast um, about Count Dooku and his lightsaber skills and his lightsaber hilt. And I say that it's debonair and it's got a curve to try to help with his old, his old swashbuckling style. Is there a particular lightsaber hilt that you find yourself gravitating towards? Ryan, do you 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 can go first? I need things for a second. Uh, I am a huge fan of, and again, I'm a Return of the Jedi guy, but I'm a huge fan of Luke's um the the kind of separated yep you know hilt at the top. You know, I love that. And is and, that uh, the green saber? Is that the Return yeah, of the Jedi green, green, yeah, saber? green saber? Yeah, that that's that's yeah. the one, the one he built, and it, and that goes back to I remember going to the variety pickup. The little grocery store, little gas station by my house in Raleigh, North Carolina, and the the big super secret preview. There you go. That's it. The, that's the, the one. Big, there you go. Dave, you're the man. Wow, D Doc, let's ride. But but, but, the, but the big super secret uh, preview magazine that was at the gas station that I bought, and it was the two hands holding that lightsaber, and I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Yep. I, lo- I yeah, love. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I guess if I'm being completely honest, I don't know that I had a hilt just jump off the page me maybe like kind of save for malls or dooku's because they're so different and obviously kylo's would fall into that as well but there is something to be said about the old school aesthetic and 
I mean, we all knew what it felt like to watch Luke show up in Jedi, and all of a sudden he like carries himself just so much different. He's got the black tail, the green saber, so that stands out. And then I didn't know this on Disney Plus. You scroll over to extras, and on every movie they just have a ton of little short clips of this or that. And there is a deleted scene from Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi where you see him building the saber with R two. So uh, yeah, so I thought yeah. I thought that would be fascinating, dude. But um, yeah, I, I don't really have a dog in this fight. But but original trilogy aesthetic definitely appeals to me. I think nostalgically. Well, well I like Dooku. I, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm a, I mean I used to watch old Dracula movies. You know, hell with, yeah, uh, dude. It, it, it was long so, so for that, me. That was, he was always yeah. Saruman. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> that's that's another good point. Um, well, I, again, we've gone a long show tonight. It's because we had great guests and because we had great topics and 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 we talked about some great things. So I appreciate it. Before before we go. Um, I'll start off just the last comment here. Uh, November 17th is life day, Star Wars life day, uh, started back in 1978 when the original holiday special came out. Uh, so for all of you who listen to the show, we'll try to have it out tomorrow. And, and there we go. We have Wookiees right there with Mr. With Mr. McGee. Um, just that while it's cursed and people think so poorly of it, you know what, there's a special little part of that thing that really stands out and yes the boba fett cartoon in the middle of it is great so you know what happy life day to everybody um and and by the way if you if you like to collect i'm hearing rumors that there are going to be black series figures from the life day holiday special so joe stop it stop (laughs) it (laughs) you can't buy life day black series figures nick i'll start with you any closing thoughts for you before we head out no, Joe, thank you for hosting another great show. And Ryan, awesome to meet you. You got it. Uh, D-Doc, closing comments from our from our Philly guy. Yeah, I, I just wanted to say it was fun um, hearing Ryan uh, talk about his love for Star Wars and stuff. And it was just cool to have him on. And T-Bob, good luck playing the Eagles this week. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Well, oh, excuse me. Screw y'all, dude. Y'all got us last year. Now we got to go up there again. We're, we're coming in hot after a nice win against the Broncos right here. So we're actually looking like a team. We'll see. Okay. Are you yeah, a fan yeah. of the Aints? Are you a fan of the Aints? Yes, bro. Oh, I'm, right now. I'm a Falcon mean, fan. I'm a Falcon fan. Well, okay. Oh, well, I didn't know if we were Falcon fan. My old man I didn't know. the Saints and the Falcons back oh. in the day. So I don't know so if I we're up both. We're on fighting terms at this point. I think yeah. we're mortal enemies. I think you need to have some well, wagers during those games. Ago. Definitely. Definitely wagers. Yeah, I, I think I think so definitely as well. Well, screw you, D-Doc. Y'all are going down this <laughs> You got lucky, friend. And um, no, Joe, thank you, man. It's always awesome. And T- yeah, it's just no problem. a super ton of fun. Thank you so much. I'm sorry we woke up your kid, T-Bob, but thank you for, uh, for being okay. on and Y'all got Kimmy kicked out of the house. I'm literally kicked out of the house. Now, so I'm going to have to go clean that up. All four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but again, our original guest. So thank you for always coming back. We love having you. And and oh, yeah, uh, man. I love it. I'm sure Joey will be back soon to visit you in Baton Rouge. So maybe he'll take me next time. Um, <laughs> Ryan, it's it's been a pleasure to get to know you, to meet you. To We've interacted on Twitter, like I said, but now to, to have some interaction with you. And, and just thanks for being a Star Wars fan and want to come and share with us on here. Any closing thoughts you have uh, before we before we shut it down? No, nah, I mean, going back to the original point, it's just good to be able to talk about it and know that everyone's going to understand what I'm talking about <laughs> as, opposed to, as opposed to having to qualify everything and explain it and check it and all that stuff. So it, it, has, been, it has been a really long time. I mean, I'm talking like 
a really long time since I dropped a solid Corin Rogue One or a Rogue, a Rogue, a Rogue Squadron <laughs> reference, and everybody everybody went, yeah, okay, good Corin. Oh, so, usually it's just me by myself in the basement. So thank y'all, boys. No Appreciate worries. It. And and I will tell you before we shut down uh, again, Mass got some things oh, going on where he can't be with us. Mass will be celebrating his fiftieth birthday this Saturday. So if hey. anybody wants to shoot a, a message out to Mass, any of our listeners, any of you co-hosts turns 50 this saturday and he's he's been my best one of my best pals since we were 13 years old so uh you know to have this to where we're still pals and talking about this is great so guys thank you as always i didn't tell you at the beginning of the show follow us at rule the galaxy sw on twitter our email rule the galaxy sw at gmail.com if you want to rip on the falcons the saints the colts the eagles the steelers uh ryan didn't ask you have an nfl team hey maybe? cam's back Panthers are going to win everything. Cam's Panthers, back. Okay. Oh, no. Cam's oh, back. No. He scored the one NS- touchdown. Everybody in Charlotte decided it's all. We're going back. Okay. So there you go. There the we go. NFC South. The NFC yeah. South is strongly South. represented. Cam's back, baby. Right Superman. Oh, Superman's oh, back. Gosh. All right. I know we're going Sorry, to I got a. I got a helicopter rolling by later. You got it, guys. <laughs> See you next week. Until then, may the force be with you.